Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. Well, hello, everybody. Hi. Remember that one time? I was lost in a reverie for a moment. I was just lost. You were just zoning out. Remember that one time where we didn't have power on Sunday morning? I remember that time. I will. I think we should do an anniversary of this every year. Nice. Church in the in the lobby. If you didn't know, uh, Sunday we didn't have power, and so we had church in the lobby, acoustic worship, and it was a ton of fun. And we had this amazing tension up until like the point we were like, when are we going to get power back? It was out from Friday night, and then finally. Sunday afternoon it came on. But yeah. Yeah. So, so tension, tension. Indeed. I am going to, um, yeah. Tell people what we're doing. Well, yes, I'm doing that as well. I'm trying to multitask. <laughs> this is, you. what you guys are observing is this, uh, this attempt that I'm making to multitask, which is it. comical. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive because you're actually just doing an extra task of navigating people through the multitasking. Exactly. All right. Yeah, so yeah. today we are going to be talking about distraction by others, which is more like, uh, have you ever had that person who just like irks you mm. or just the way they think, the way they process things, the way they talk, the something, and they just, mm, yeah, it's not. Oh, totally. And then we're going to talk about that. And sometimes a different person. Sometimes it's one person. Sometimes it's an another, but there might be consistently one person. And it might be someone who is like, really really awesome and it might and be they, someone they you are distract. deeply in love with yeah like uh like someone who's who's like got their life together and the fact that their life is together irks you yeah. because it, it's like a contrast to your own life Just, you, okay so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about this envy that maybe comes with some of that stuff mm resentment so you defined resentment just a moment yeah well to me it's almost like so you have the relationships we're going to look at this relationship that has some envy to it that's a thing for us we see things that other people have that we want we envy them resentment's almost like the same but a tweak it's another person stops us getting what we want they may not have it but they're the reason we don't have it they're the person that gets in the way. Eek. They're the person that takes a bad time so we can't do this. They're the person that uh, got the job that we... No, that's envy. They're, they're the person that, that that destroyed our prospects through some other means. They're the person that um, they bought the house that we wanted. All those different things. Yeah. They stopped us. They're, they're, there's that resentment that's a tweak on envy. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, we're not just going to talk about those things. We might actually... Maybe. If we're you stick around, envy. we're going to fix it. You will never envy people again based yeah. on that. All right. That might be a little bit over the top. <laughs> we are going to offer you, hopefully, some recommendations from the way of Jesus and this particular text that Alex taught on Sunday mm. 
of how we could just begin the process of not letting others derail us, but instead staying on the path that and Jesus has. And there's a pretty sketchy recording of the service if people want to go back and watch it. We, who did that? Where did that come from? It was me, man. It was you. It wasn't sketchy. It was great. But, but it was... <laughs> Was, that was my was, best work. It was organic. It was, <laughs> that was my best videography I didn't have work. a microphone, and, and I don't project the best. Um, and I have a, a, an accent that's not always clear. So we, we struggle enough with people, especially of a certain demographic, perhaps, that, um, that, that, that don't hear me well. Um, so, <laughs> so we survived, that's funny. maybe not thrived. On Sunday, yeah. but you can watch the audio. We talked about this interaction. So we, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about this follower of Jesus, Peter, also known as Simon. Uh, and, and he's a fascinating character. And I joked on Sunday, uh, he's so broken, we had to spend two weeks on him um, because he really is a bit of a mess. And, and I like that about him. He reminds me of me more than the other guy we'll talk about today, John, who just like, if, at least if we believe his own writing is a little too perfect at times. Like all, all the other gospel... Does anyone know what, anyone like that? All the other writers of the biographies of Jesus, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are like, Jesus was arrested, we all deserted him. John's like, everyone deserted him, but I followed at a distance. Like, all right. Well, you waited until everyone else was dead to make this claim that we can't verify. Now, oh, you know, I'm happy to trust it, but I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious as well. Yeah. My, my hermeneutic of suspicion is, is, is there. But, but, but we watched the first week. Again, can go back and watch this. Jesus deals very beautifully with Peter, who was denied him by a fire. And then in beautiful symmetry, a few days later, they stand by a fire together. And there's the potential for Peter to remember every time he smells that wonderful evocative smell of campfire to remember the way he denied Jesus. And instead, Jesus recreates this moment around breakfast of a new day when now he gets to stand by the fire and remember God's goodness and grace to him. That's, this is a wonderful story. It feels like this should be the ending story of the, the, the narrative. Like, yeah. Now all is well. Go do your thing, disciples. Jesus returns to his father. The world is changed. Peter is the leader who's reinstated. And just as it all looks like it's come to resolution, John comes wandering into the scene. Indeed. Um, um, I just I just looked and I'm pulling the passage up so I could show people. Uh -huh. I looked down and said, Peter turn and seeth the disciple. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is in the King James. I was like, what is going on here? Seeth? I haven't read it so, that way. So we began, yeah, verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, which most writers think is probably John, was following them. This is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, he's who, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? So, yeah. so there's this unpacking for Peter from Jesus of, you're going to die at some point. You'll have another chance to not deny me, and this time you won't. Um, yeah, and so totally. Peter's heard where his own story is going, and now John comes wandering in. Um, and it's like it's this trigger to Peter of like, what about this guy? Yeah, there's like this intimate moment. Like you talked about that Sunday, how John, one of the things that's unique about the book of John is how he has this ability to like Zone. almost like have everything else fades. Fades. And this is like this intimate moment. And then Peter's like, in that moment, getting restored, encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, probably I do some have a, tears, some weeping. I so. do have a plan for you. I'm mm -hmm. going to have you lead my church. And I then Peter's like, but 
What about? Oh, I'm. I still have the passage pulled up instead of us, but that's okay. That's fine. But what? What? Well, yeah. What about him? Like, there's that. There's that. The thing in the moment that he's with Jesus, and for those of us that follow Jesus, like, take that as beyond just having Jesus' physical presence. Take that for us as that moment where you're living like simpatico with Jesus. You're like connected. Feels like he and you. I've had those moments where. I, felt like I've walked across the street and it's like he's walking with me. It just feels like this constant community. And and then in this scene, John walks in and it's that moment of distraction. And, I, and I've got this just sneaking suspicion. No other one of the followers of Jesus walking in in that moment would have bugged Peter the way that John walking in bugged him. And John even, he kind of alludes to him. He's like, this is the disciple that leaned against Jesus at the Last Supper. This is the favorite one. This is the one that he loved. Totally. Um, th there's that. That. Yeah. Where's that? Kind of just. Yeah. First twenty. The, yeah. <laughs> this is the. This is the favorite. This yeah. is the good guy. And, um, and the the comedy, the extra comedy is John's the one writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if the scriptures haven't ever made you laugh, I don't know. I think something about when the scriptures started, when I started to learn the, like the culture mm -hmm. and the cross references enough, like in just like internalize them, I started seeing oh, way, there's definitely more, more and more comedy yeah. anyway. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and like the whole book of Jonah in some levels is, is, is comedy. This is like jo the back end of John's gospel is one of the funniest parts. Cause the, the, you know, the, the, Two disciples running together. I got there faster. It's just like, it's schoolboy stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's then, so weird. And you obviously, this is a little bit speculative, but like, how do you know what's, what's John thinking that, uh, this, of uh, what's John thinking as he's writing this? Is he intending to be cheeky? Does he notice that about I himself? So. I, I like. So. I certainly hope that he's like, this is actually this subtle inside joke that I'm sending to Peter. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just, I, I just wish it. I, I, I'd love it if that was the case. But I guess you, you kind of think you. I kind of have to think that they got over it a little bit because Definitely. something you told me that I had never noticed. The only way that John is able to tell the intimate part of the story is Peter had to tell him. somewhere. Yeah, or, or, or he has to have heard it from somebody. Or else. yes, yeah. But, but the, there's definitely. We see like a lot of the tension around here seems to be around leadership. Who's in charge? They've had yeah. this last supper scene. Um, John has had the seat of honor next to Jesus. When we look at like how it's described, how people sit, seems like John gets the seat of honor, even though it seems like he's probably the youngest of the, the disciples. Peter is put in the, the worst seat. Um, and so there's definitely a little rivalry that gets healed as it becomes clear that, that Peter is the person God has chosen to lead this early church. Peter will be the one that stands up on the day of Pentecost, um, yep. as we'll get to. Uh, Peter and, a, and another Jesus. strange character helped lead the Jerusalem church that we're going to hear about this coming Sunday, mm. which, yeah. which will be fun. So yeah, come I'm back intrigued. to hear yeah, what the yeah. other leader of the Jerusalem church was. Yeah, and that's not me. I'm going to learn along with you. I don't know what's that's coming. Right. I'm it's going to be I'm fun. left in it's, the tension. Yeah, make sure you don't miss it's, Sunday. It's fun too. So, so um, there's, yeah, the, there's the scene, Peter, in a moment of, of not triumph, but a moment of healing, a moment of health, a moment of wonder, uh, suddenly is distracted by this other person walking into the scene. And to, to us, the larger point that we thought, wow, what, how fun to sketch out and, and challenge each other on and, and you on, 
is that moment of envy. That's what mm. it seems to be is the root of that. Like, this guy has something I want. What about him? Like, he's got the things I want. Is he going to suffer like I'm suffering? Is he going to experience what I'm going to experience? So maybe describe what that might look like in our era. You know, oh, middle man. middle class or lower middle class, upper middle class, wherever, whoever you are out there in the, in the self-fellowship community, what might it look like for them to experience this similar envy? So it, it may just be the person next door that has everything a little bit better. Um, it may be the colleague at work that seems to get the promotions that you feel like you should have gotten. Uh, it may be the, the person that you encounter uh, at the gym who who is in better shape, who just... I mean, there could be so many things. It probably comes from from our own sense of of being incomplete at times. Like what mm. we see in this moment is, is, is Peter for a moment seems to root all of his identity into, into his relationship with Jesus. And John brings that into question. So whatever it is that we try and place our oh, identity in, hmm. when we see somebody else that has it, like when it's just Peter and Jesus, uh -huh. he's starting to feel built up. Yeah. His identity's starting to be restored. Uh -huh. And then you add another variable, and then suddenly he's like, so I'm not as good as John. pricks the blue, and it just disappears. It's like- I'm just not quite as good as John. John has everything that I want. John's the loved one. John's the, the leaning back one. Like John's the one that still, again, it's not a not a negative on John. He obviously loves Jesus so much. He, he can't leave him alone to have a, a conversation with Peter. I picture the two of them kind of wandering down the beach together, unpacking all of this. Yeah. And John's like just awkwardly, unsocially distanced behind them. He's kind of like, woo. We, 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 <laughs> we have this phrase that we use in our family of, of uh, you being a space invader. Um, you know, you know the, <laughs> yeah, old, yeah. Like the old show. Did <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so we use this phrase of, no, you're a space invader. You only have no personal boundaries. You're like, you get that with young kids, they're all over you and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, John is a space invader. He's like, he can't he can't stay away. Jesus is there, so he wants to be there. And he's just, I, could, I can almost picture him kind of like glued in, like listening <laughs> over their shoulders. But there, again, John's writing this. Yeah. Um, and there's a little, like, even though we kind of chuckle about it, he's also, as an author, he's trying to communicate something about following mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Totally. So what's the, um, all right. So you've painted a picture mm. of that, what that emotion feels like. And maybe for some of you that, that ex has a, been an experience. And I know, I know of an example of a friend of mine who, who want their, their person that de derails them mm -hmm. is actually awesome. Yeah. And they uh, love them so much. Mm. And, and it's like um, it, it the the challenging part of it is actually they're just they're following Jesus better mm. than me, mm. wow. and it like it's convicting. And I want to be that kind of parent. I want to be that kind of um, colleague. I want to be that. They just seem to do everything so well, and I just don't have the energy or the capacity or the mental bandwidth or whatever it may be. And you're like wow, even someone who's like doing really good things can derail you. Mm -hmm. So so what what does Jesus do with this envy in this passage? Well, it's super frustrating, I think, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's, 
his answer is just follow me closer. Um, yeah, so he's got it. What um, does it matter to you? What if I want him to return to life? I'm alive. What, what is that to you? You must follow me. That's verse 22 for those of you listening. Right? That, that, um, that, that feels a little um, churchy to me in some ways. Because so I think we've got to unpack it more is what I'm yeah. saying really because it feels to me like sometimes we're a church that when it starts feeling churchy we're kind of like Ugh. yeah someone said to me the other day I met <laughs> I met someone in the street and, and they said to me uh, is your church one of those churches where you leave just knowing like oh yeah we talked about pride now I should just try harder not to have pride oh we talked about lust now I should just try harder not to have lust <laughs> yeah. Just- uh, do better. Yeah, th- yeah, th- that was their real question. Are you just one of those do better churches? This language on surface feels a little bit like that. It does, doesn't it? Just follow me harder, Peter. Um, and um, what I was saying before is it kind of like, if you notice here, f- the word follow shows up a ton in this passage. You know, there's like mm-hmm. all of these different, like, even all the way up where he's cha- uh, restoring Peter up here, he's got this like lead, lead, follow, lead language. There's there's a lot of this follow kind of language. And then Peter turned and saw the disciple Jesus mm-hmm. love following. Yeah. There's this like, it's as if John's kind of like, it's a little awkward the fact that John's writing it, mm-hmm. but he's kind of like, Peter, just do, do just do what I'm doing. Yeah. And maybe... I'd like to think that John's character is this because hopefully John's character is this way. It's maybe like the only thing that makes me have the thing mm-hmm. that you wish you had mm-hmm. is the fact that I just am obsessed with following Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and I, if that's not the message he's trying to send Peter, I do think that that's the message he's trying to send, send us. us. Yeah. As and readers. so there's a couple of like, you picked out that keyword follow in this text. Another keyword is nothing. Um, oh yeah, which uh, is up, which is up higher. Another yeah. key word is love, um, but totally. but the the interplay between nothing and follow is is Jesus' message to them earlier. They don't catch any fish. When Jesus is there, they do catch fish. <laughs> the, the message is: without me, you have nothing. Without me, you are nothing. With me, you are everything. Or I I give you everything. Mm. It's a question of orientation. Um, it's totally. it's turn your whole orientation towards me. Um, and, and so when Peter walks with Jesus, when he's going through this process, that's where his orientation is. And, and then when John comes into the scene, it's like physically he turns his orientation from Jesus and places it somewhere else. Which you shared another one of the Peter stories. Uh huh. That's another beautiful example. Yeah. Walking on water. Yeah. Orientated towards Jesus. And then the, the waves and the wind in this, this story of the distraction and suddenly he's sinking. And it's again same message. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you are nothing. Um, and and so I think it's not it's not actually follow me better or try harder. It's in that moment, Peter, you aren't following me. Uh, in that moment, your distraction has turned you in a different direction. And so how's that different? To come back. So so it's not just do better, is it? It's a recognition of the things that stop you doing something. It's the recognition of the triggers that, that, that pull your attention away. So, so it's not try harder as much as, or, or do it better as much as be aware there's things in life 
that will lead you into following something else and not me. And the moment you're aware of those things, the less dangerous they become. There's like a gravitational force mm -hmm. that, that comes with us as being broken humans. Like yes. we have like this magnet in our brokenness uh -huh. that's just being drawn to like all these other alternatives, right? There's this huge, one of the biggest challenges of being a follower of Jesus is just simply remembering yes. and staying yeah. on track. And, and gravity yeah. is a great word for it because there's, there's the gravity, there's the Jesus-like sun in the middle and it's gravity, gravity, gravity holding us in place. And, and then for every one of us, there's things that seem to, to try and grab at us through their own gravitational pull and pull us out of that orbit. And, and it's like to me, Jesus is saying in this moment, Peter, you're out of orbit. Something wow, has that's... pulled you into a different orbit. Something has pulled you off. There you go. There's your um, bonus illustration yeah, from Sunday. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just, you're now moving around something else. Hmm. And that's, we talked about social media on Sunday. We talked about the tendency for that. Um, interestingly, my wife and I had a conversation about this afterwards, and she's like, it doesn't bother me. There's, I just look at everything on social media from the point of view of it's fake. Uh, it's not real. Um, yeah, I kind of default there too. Which is fine. For I, the most part. I, I, I like to think that I do that, but then every once in a while, there's been a few times where I'll see a post and I'll see, sense this like thing in me and I was like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that I felt that way, but yeah. yeah. I, I think I I notice it most actually, not around personal life, but but more around church life. Totally. Like if I see other things that other churches are doing and that's, stuff, I'm like, ah, that's what it is for me. Like that looks amazing. We should do that. And I'm like, but was it amazing? Or is it amazing? Or is that totally. what we're supposed to be doing? Totally. Um, it's, it's more like they baptized that many people. Yeah, and absolutely. you're like, I'm like, holy cow, there's, there's brokenness when like the kingdom of God is growing. Uh -huh. This other church sees people meeting Jesus. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I want that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like... And I see it with, with other pastors that were right. Like, sort of like really articulate things around like a, a national tragedy or something like that. Oh yeah. And I'm like, should I be doing that? Like, is that what, is that what we're called to do? And, and I don't, because I don't know that it changes anything. Totally. Like it, it's, it's, to me, it's like a, an actual intentional practice not to do that. But there are moments I'm like, wow, yeah, is that what, is that what, what the call is? Um, so it is interesting how it probably affects us in different ways. Uh, but I can also spend hours scrolling through marketplace, looking at all the things I want. Um, and like, just like, oh man, I'd love to have that. 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 And there's, yeah, there's also like a distraction. This is more on the distraction side of things. And it's one that I struggle with. So I can, I can intimately describe it. <laughs> there's like self-inflicted, like I'm trying to distract myself. Mm. It's avoidance distraction. Yeah, yeah. And it, the end result is very similar. Mm -hmm. If it's like you're accidentally distracted, like John walks up and he, you, he catches the corner mm -hmm. of your eye and, and you're like distracted. Then there, so you're not engaging with Jesus. Or for me, it's like, if I have a, a really difficult decision or a task that I don't enjoy or a, or a, an emotion that I'm avoiding, Oh, I am the master oh, of absolutely. finding I can find anything. anything to cloud that out so that I don't have to deal with the heaviness of it, the emotion of it. Enneagram seven. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and I'm I also don't want to feel bad about myself. No. So I'm good at finding things that sort of kind of look like 
Like, I'm like, I'm learning something. Slash avoiding the massive elephant in the room. Like I'm over here reading the dictionary. I'm such a good human being. I'm reading my Bibles so that I don't have to pay attention to the fact that I was a jerk to my wife and I, because I was hurt by something she said and I don't want to have that conversation or whatever, you you name it. I totally get it. And in this scenario we're looking at, it's almost like you could imagine it taking shape here initially, couldn't you? Like Jesus and Peter have this thing they have to deal with. And Peter's like, Jesus, I'm just skinning some fish. Like, I'm just helping the guys clean the nets. I'm just like, there's there's another distraction. There's another Man. thing. We're just going for a swim together. We're just, there could be almost, <laughs> it could stretch on forever. It could have done, yeah. And yet what we see is this intentional process of, they, they kind of create some space and they yeah. have this conversation. Even, yeah, I mean, think about it. That context of what Jesus is trying to teach him. He's like, remember that time you died, denied me three times? Yeah, He's yeah. like... Um, no, John? I remember the fish. Remember, <laughs> there was John. What? Yeah, yeah. What's going on with him? Yeah, and it's, it's an. I mean, can you imagine the emotional weight mm-hmm. uh, that Peter's under right now? So you can understand why he might jump to another distraction. Now, now there's something interesting about Peter that I think it's it's maybe a little bit of an aside in terms of hmm. what um, what we're talking about. Okay, but what? But something that maybe is really valuable to some people. So Peter gets this bad rep for the denial and all these types of things, yeah. right? And yet there's something about Peter's personality that put him in the place to deny in the first place. Totally. Which yes, is actually really that. valuable. Um, That's p- probably why Jesus picks him to leave. Yeah. So so the other disciples run away and John, yes, throws this caveat. Like, I was there somewhere, like just, you know. I was in, kind in of the, somewhere. I was around. kind of in the thing, but. I wasn't close but, enough to get called out. Uh-huh. That Peter's the one that we actually read in the place of people being able to say, you were with Jesus and close enough that Jesus can look at him. This is like, I mean, this is like ground zero. Political prisoner, arrested, big trial. There's there's people on the streets right before Sabbath in a courtroom. Mm. I mean, there's public outcries. This is like, this is the situation you flee from. If you're if you're predicated, and he's close enough way. to be seen he's by close Jesus. Close enough there that he's that he's in the room. You almost think like knowing Peter's personality, is he planning like a sting oh, operation? Almost, yeah, yeah. Or like a rescue mission? Yeah. He's like, this is like Mission Impossible. He's ding ding ding, uh-huh, and yeah, then this girl's like, are you one of them? He's like, no, <laughs> what? I'm totally not planning a rescue mission. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Uh, and so there's there's almost for us as people. The inherent nature of, of of risk is present in this conversation. Totally. Peter is there because he's a, by nature a risk taker who will try to do hard things. And he has failed doing those hard things. And Jesus' message to him isn't don't try and do hard things. Mm. It's that one day, Peter, you'll try this hard thing again, and I'll give you the power to get through it next time in a positive way which brings us to pentecost which brings us to pentecost right you you, you oh, without yeah. me you are nothing again yes so so i think it's just interesting to just think through like yeah. if you have tried and failed the message shouldn't be don't try again um the message might be the the, the learning thing might be all sorts of things do it different uh find a way to partner with people that can help you be successful it might be a spiritual thing of like how yeah. was how was that a partnership between you and Jesus, all of those different avenues. But it's not don't try it. It's not don't risk it. Yeah, Peter I by nature that. is there because mm. he's a risk taker. And and none of the others seem to have been in the same At way. least not to the same level. To the yeah, same degree. totally. Um, and so, so, so there's a joy in Peter's story. So um, 
I know you actually have to leave, which might be a, the key recipe. This might be it. I'm going to just book appointments. At like Just book an appointment at noon, and then we might not do a 50-minute podcast. Yeah, we're at 27 minutes right now. It looks like amazing. I think, it, so in light of that, let's transition to like, what are some things, okay, we've we painted a picture of this envy and how easy mm. it is to think. So, and then you've even said, the key is to follow Jesus. Uh, the yeah. key is, to, so- Let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Practically speaking, if someone's out there listening, how? Well, so, so the first one is, we, yeah, we talked about it, it's recognize what grabs your orbit, what pulls you off in another direction. A little bit of self-awareness. Just, just learn. Self-awareness, is, it seems to be a key there. Like I, I know that for me, as a Enneagram 7, I want things to be easy. Um, I want things to, to not be difficult. So anytime I look at someone's life and say they have it easy, oh, that's yeah. going to pull me in a direction of like, huh, I want that. It's, it's the thing we talked about at the end of Sunday of we see people's successes and not their sacrifices. Yeah. Um, so, so just being aware like, of the thing. I want to be that athlete. Yeah. But don't make me be in the gym every day of exactly. the week. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I was totally, with, with, with CrossFit, I said to some guys <laughs> after, after six months, it, it suddenly occurred to me, I was going every week hoping it was easy this week. That I finally got to the point where I could do the thing and it not be challenging. And the guys that are good at CrossFit go every week saying, I want to work harder so I can be faster, stronger. As, yeah, as soon as it's easy, then we're failing. Yeah, we need to mix absolutely. it up and change yeah. the down. Yeah. And, and I, Those guys are yeah, crazy. Yeah, they are. And, and so, so knowing how you're wired <laughs> seems to be a big thing. Yeah. Uh, especially around envy, it seems mm. like gratitude is this key thing. And you mentioned this book that I'd not heard. This is like one of the, usually I'm the one that's like, have you read this book? Have you read this book? Have I read, read a book, book that Alex read? hasn't read. <laughs> this was the moment. What? I'm sure there are plenty of others. Write this down, people. In this case, this was a book I hadn't even heard of. So. Yeah. And I, it's, um, I think it's called 1000 gifts. Let me just make sure that that's what it's called. Cause if I'm going to recommend it, um, gifts, I'm looking it up here. Yes. It is 1000 gifts. And it's sort of this story of someone who struggled with envy or struggled with depression even. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the depression was related to this, like, I can't keep up and all of that stuff. And then she just decides to document 1000 things that she's grateful for. And it's the story of how her entire life has changed. I highly recommend this Mm. book. And she talks about some of the theological sides of that, of this, um, of the power of gratitude mm-hmm. for transformation. And so, if yeah, this is a great way. And I, my wife's really good at this one. Mm. Um, she also uh, struggles with some of that stuff, but she, what she's committed to is when she starts to sense that dissatisfaction rising or the, any of that comparison, she's really, really good about pu- pulling out her journal in the morning it might have actually been one of the reasons why our marriage has survived oh. is because there's been times where uh, she was dissatisfied with me, and rightfully so, and because I was kind of a jerk um, in various. I mean, yeah, and he, for just context, a little bit. Go back and listen to last week. I was just a little bit of a jerk, right, Allison? Just a little bit. <laughs> um, no, I was kind of a big jerk at different seasons of our marriage, or just absent, or on and on and on. Mm. And when she started sensing that, like, our marriage isn't doing well, she would sit down and she would force herself to write down things she was grateful for about me. I love that he loves to lead. 
Hmm. Even though that leadership, like, <laughs> even though that leadership's stealing him from me right now, I love that he's you know is talks well. Even though that means he's on stages and not hanging out with me, you know, like I no, she was it. just yeah, religious. Totally, but yeah. that's some of what allowed her to stick it through, and it was like a really, really good spiritual practice that enabled mm. her to weather some seasons of really. Yeah, and, 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 and so I think that like that ties in nicely with with what I would say. The last one is yeah, one realize what's the thing that pulls you in a certain direction. Um, there's even biblical language around that, like the language of um, I think it's in is it in Hebrews where it says the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Yeah, that language of weight is like if if you have a, a ball that you try and roll, but you put a weight on one side of it, it will pull it in that direction. And that's the specific language. What what what's the leaning? Oh, what's the thing that pulls you? Um, so everyone has something. There is the gratitude piece, and then yes, Jesus does kind of land us a little bit with the the you just follow me, not try harder to follow me, but you focus on your journey. And so some of that tied into gratitude is is the appreciation of the journey that we are on, mm-hmm. not because it's easy but because it's our part to play in the kingdom that God has created. Our journey is not the same. Your or my journey is mm-hmm. not the same. It has different challenges, different joys. Those are actually good things. And almost everyone that you see towards the end of life looks back and says there are parts of the journey that felt the hardest or felt like I had the least, and and yet I see the joy in them. I heard this fascinating Joni Erickson Tata quote the other day. Mm. Um She's the and, one who's and, paralyzed. Yeah, she's paralyzed, dived into a pool at 18, was paralyzed from the neck down. And and she she says, I would not trade it for the world because because of it, I have Jesus. So her awareness wow. of this journey and what it has given her as well as what it cost her is fascinating. And the way she phrases that is God will use what he hates to do what he loves. God will use all the only someone who's things. paralyzed from the neck totally. down. Totally, I'm say like, I could like never have come up with that or lived that. So, so she, she would say, take that problem. God evil. uses things like sickness and suffering that He hates um, to create what He loves, which is people formed in the way of Jesus. And and she she is able to say it because she's like, and I would point to this tragedy in my own life of not being able to wash myself for the last however long. Having to be able to rolled over by another person because I get bed sores. I'm learning to paint with my mouth because I can't use my hands and legs. Wow, see, that's... She uses... She she would say, I would celebrate what happened to me because of what it has led me to. When she says that, I'm like, I'm interested. When other people tell me that, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. But when she says it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, so, so yeah. So, may, so a couple other like um, tips on how to consistently follow Jesus and like just forget. Like it's just so easy to get derailed, right? Is your your get up? You you put on. You get ready for work. You you try and rush the kids off to school or whatever it may be, and then you go into work and you have meetings and there's just so many things that it's hard to stay on track. Mm-hmm. So what are some spiritual practices that could help derail the monotony and or the potential for distraction? Mm, so I, I think one of the <laughs> things that's great here is this practice called examine. Yeah, um, I was going to bring that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Damn, love it. That. We had the same one. I, got I was kind of, it, yeah. it wasn't a leading question, but I was like, I bet he's going to do it. I yeah, bet he's yeah, going to yeah. go there. It is this practice of reflecting back on the day, asking yourself just some key questions, and you can find it in lots of, you could find an outline 
online. It was in the daily devotional a couple uh, last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. But it's 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 again it's supposed to be gentle. It's just this calm reflection of, you know, where did I see Jesus in the day before me? Where did I see challenges? You get to reflect back mm-hmm. in this just beautifully healthy way which enables you to think about things differently the next day. It, it actually enables you to let go of some of the stuff that you come out of the the the, the day with mm-hmm. uh, and then move into a new day, um, which again is this whole Peter cycle. It is people, um, it is each of us turning up to breakfast with Jesus on a new day. Yeah, um, I did a simple, I built my own little simplified examine and it, has these steps just if you wanted to it's the prayer of examine if you want to google it and there's all sorts of different versions of it but i just simplified one because i'm i'm simple (laughs) Um, become become aware of god's presence so that's Uh just taking a moment to sort of still yourself and just be aware that he's there with you and then review the day with Mm -hmm. gratitude try and find those moments Mm -hmm. pay attention to your emotions Mm -hmm. so and, and then i try and when i do this i try and actually just write a line or two of like how did i feel about those things that i just reviewed and we, we and spent then, a whole week right on, on a, a whole series on emotions like emotions can ride they just can't drive yeah um choose one feature of the day and pray from it uh-huh or pray through it say like oh there was the spot spot where i had this emotion around like that coworker. Mm-hmm. jesus can we talk about that mm-hmm. like why why do i feel that way or whatever it may be and that's i usually spend a lot of time mm-hmm. there cuz uh that's a lot of where i start to see the why behind my emotions and then look towards tomorrow mm. what do i have on my agenda what's what are the meetings that i have How, what's the kind of presence i want to bring mm-hmm. to those meetings those gatherings when i do this oh man i feel so much better when i don't absolutely mm. and and in this specific context it's the invite especially around tomorrow to begin to say these challenges this gravitationalness to life where do where do i think that might show up tomorrow the person that really bugs you how am i going to encounter them tomorrow when they drive up in their lamborghini like how do i feel about <laughs> or that? their tesla yeah how am i going to respond to that and why am i going to respond to it uh, when i'm in this interaction with my husband with my wife how do i know that makes me feel how am i going to choose to respond to that all of those different questions Mm-hmm. They, they send you into the day prepared to go into it with Jesus as the gravitational center. Yeah, another great spiritual practice. And, and honestly, when I do this journal, it's 10 minutes, Yeah, maybe 15 minutes because I have short attention span. But another one is, um, it's, well, there's a really robust one's called the daily office, mm-hmm. which you could do, which is like this daily prayer model. But another one is just fixed hour prayer. Mm-hmm. Set an alarm for 9 a.m., noon. Like you pick your times. You know what your work schedule or I your life schedule. I love that you went for the easy fixed hour prayer. You're not doing the three o'clock in the morning one? The... No, I'm not going to do the three o'clock in the morning <laughs> one. Actually, one of my spiritual practices is to sleep well so that I'm not a punk <laughs> in the mornings. Oh, man. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't sleep there enough. And so when I do, I'm a better human being. My youngest son slept through the night twice in the last week. I'm celebrating. That's a joy. Did you develop like an an extra, a sixth sense? You're like, I can think. I woke up confused. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But this fixed hour prayer is just set an alarm on your phone or something for like 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. And even if it's just a 10 second, 30 second, one minute prayer time, it's a, it's like oh that's right I'm supposed to be focusing focusing on Jesus, man I loved 
there was a season here on staff where we're just really, it was a heavy season with Mm -hmm. COVID hitting and stuff. And we're like, we're all so busy and we decided to do fixed our prayers as staff and whatever meeting we were in, we just, alarms went off all around the office and we just stopped and prayed for like 30 seconds. We're like, that's right. This is about the kingdom of God. Mm. We can keep pushing. And it was fun. So um, those are some options. I love it. Love it. Any final thoughts? I think we've wrapped up everything delightfully. 39 minutes? 39 minutes. Wow. We have arrived. It's the sound of people high-fiving. All right. So let us know in the comments, Facebook, YouTube comments, whatever, if uh, you liked the fact that we were more efficient, we (laughs) meandered less, or whether you miss... The fact you miss those times we talk about the video camera for five minutes <laughs> nonsensically. Do you miss those days? Let I miss know. those days. Those were so good. Ask questions. I didn't check on questions. I um, like the fact you got new week. stools and they don't squeak. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. You can notice now Alex can spin constantly without any issues. Oh, it squeaked a little. Last week. All right. Uh, see you all later. And thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. Well, thanks again for listening, and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this, so feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing, and we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.